This NBA season, make every three-pointer, alley-oop, and buzzer beater even more exciting with FanDuel. You can bet on everything from first baskets and number of dunks to which player will drain the most threes. Or stack your bets with the same-game parlay for a shot to win even bigger. It's quick, easy, and you'll get your winnings fast. So download the app today and see why we're North America's number one sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel. 19 plus and physically located in Ontario. Gambling problem? Call 1-866-531-2600 or visit connectsontario.ca. Support for this episode is brought to you by Mrs. Myers. A delightfully clean home can make for a delightful start to the day. At Mrs. Myers, everything we make is inspired by the garden. With plant-derived ingredients, our cleaning products work like the Dickens, leaving your home sparkly clean and your to-do list tackled in no time. So bring a little bit of the outside inside your four walls and bask in the wonder of a garden from the comfort of home. Mrs. Myers, rooted in goodness. Shop now at MrsMyers.com. Everyone needs more vacation, right? The new United Gateway card knows how to take you away with great travel rewards and no annual fee, ever. The wait for vacation is over. Tap now or visit unitedgatewaycard.com to apply. Here's the scenario. You're injured in a collision and your insurance company is denying your claim. It happens far too often. If it happens to you, call me, Brian Goldfinger of Goldfinger Personal Injury Law. My team and I work for people just like you. We don't accept cases on behalf of insurance companies, so you and your family can make sure that you're in good hands. Visit goldfingerlaw.com and get us working for you. Get Goldfinger today. You know what I want. <laughs> I want to talk to you. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast. I'm Real Sampson Folk, ready and here to detail for you the Raptors 126-98 win over the New York Knicks. A very easy win, in fact, and uh, one that the Raptors didn't seem that concerned with getting. It seemed as if they knew they would win in the end, and handily. And that was evidenced by the start of the game, the first quarter, which... For other teams, starting a game like that might be very problematic, but for the Raptors, seem to be a slight inconvenience, not something that they're super worried about. Um, I wanted to get an outside view on this, so I've brought in H. John Benjamin from Bob's Burgers, a.k.a. Bob, to uh, talk about the game for a short little while. He's, he's new to basketball, and I thought I'd show him these two teams. Well, you know, I thought it was great. You know, it's a fun game. I'm, I'm assuming the Raptors are good. The, the Knicks, I noticed there are some things I know about basketball, which when you, you know, you put the ball in the hoop, and that's obviously great, but they they weren't so good at it, and the Raptors seemed, well, really good at stopping them. So I, I don't know how many of you are aware of my daughter, Tina, but I, I've seen her play basketball before, and the New York Knicks remind me, Quite a bit of her, actually. And uh, maybe some of you have heard of Louise, my other daughter. She's she's a very, very smart girl. And uh, it seemed sometimes Louise will manipulate Tina into getting what she wants. And Tina will be kind of helpless. And it seemed like the Raptors were doing that tonight to the Knicks. Well... H. John Benjamin, everyone, or uh, the character of Bob from Bob's Burgers, thank you for your input. It uh, was not a resounding endorsement of the Knicks, 
but a resounding endorsement of the Raptors. And uh, now that we've got his take on the game out of the way, I'd like to get into my take from the game. So thank you, H. John Benjamin. Yeah, that's no problem. You, I'll, I'll come on the podcast anytime. What a nice development. So we might be seeing him later on. That remains to be seen if you guys enjoyed him as well. But to get into the Raptors game, stalling out for long enough. The Raptors, they came out pretty well. They started hitting a couple threes, got out on the break. But the Knicks, it, it was a bit of a switch up for the Raptors, I think, because the Raptors are so used to game planning for specifically that one star, taking away what teams really like to do. And Julius Randle for the Knicks, Marcus Morris for the Knicks, and R.J. Barrett in the future for the Knicks. Those are your three best players, probably. And Julius Randle and Marcus Morris Sr. especially, I think, do their best work in chaos. Julius Randle is best when the defense is broken up. He can shoot a gap and try and get to the rim, uses athleticism to finish over length or size, which he was able to do tonight, and I think... Even though the Knicks weren't very good, Julius Randle, not too bad a game for him. He did his thing. He did what the Knicks expected of him when they gave him the contract this summer. Marcus Morris Sr. as well, an agent of chaos, as it were, because there's he is a three-point shooter and a good one, but seemingly at his best when he's knocking down shots after offensive rebounds once the defense gets back in. And I know everybody shoots good on those possessions, but Marcus Morris Sr. especially, and the, the Knicks were able to conjure up a bit of chaos because the Raptors, like I said, they weren't, they, they didn't have their typical game plan. They weren't blitzing pick and rolls like we're used to or zoning at the start like we're used to seeing them do against certain star players. Eventually that came back around the second quarter, but as it started early on, the Raptors had a tough time stopping the Knicks. The Knicks got 29 points. They were up 29-21 after the first quarter. The Raptors, for their part... Have had a tough time scoring on the Knicks, maybe be for the same reason that the Raptors also had a tough time with the Hawks initially and the Hornets initially. It's just, it's a very different style of basketball than playing against the 76ers. And having the Hawks, the 76ers, and then the Knicks all in a three-game stretch, all vastly different styles of play, two not very good, one really different but very good the the 76ers are a great team especially defensively and they stretch you and make you think differently on offense that's why Pascal Siakam's performance against them was so impressive but in this one for example Pascal Siakam it didn't seem like the attention to detail was there as much in this game just him pushing his will onto the Knicks and being able to score and break up their defense whenever he wanted to and so the Raptors They just had to figure out how to stop the Knicks from scoring around 29 points per quarter, which they obviously did. 29 points was, it was roughly a third of what they scored in the whole game, and they did it in the first 12 minutes. So the Raptors, they clamped down from there. I believe they went on a 15 or 17-0 run in the second quarter. They were throwing the triangle in two and the 2-3 zone at the Knicks in the second quarter, just looking to vex how their big guys were looking to get at the rim and really challenging their lack of shooting. That worked really well as the Raptors. They took the lead back. It's part of why Terrence Davis and Chris Boucher and Rondé Hollis-Jefferson are all higher than plus 20. And guys like Fred Van Vliet and Marcus Gasol are sitting around plus three, plus two, because they weren't on the floor for that. 
the Raptors, Nick Nurse, they decide in the second quarter when the bench lineup goes in, you have length of Boucher and Hollis Jefferson, Siakam, Terrence Davis up front. You can really try and play some zone. OG Ananobi as well for that matter. But asking those guys to play a diligent, disciplined zone and to be able to, you know, really expend a lot of energy getting out to the corners of the zone and making sure that they're really mindful of who they're boxing out and how they can limit the New York Knicks strengths and force them to kind of curtail their offense towards their weaknesses instead. That obviously worked really well. The second quarter ended with the Raptors up. I'm not sure how many. Like they won the second quarter by 20 points. 20 points. They won at 37 to 17 after being down eight. So they're up 12. Quick maths. God, I sound so dumb. Okay, sorry. The third quarter was more of more flexing from the Raptors. It seemed like a, an orchestrated and concerted effort from the Raptors to get maybe more rest for Pascal Siakam, more rest for Fred Van Vliet as they really put the screws to the Knicks to open up the lead even more so that the Raptors, guys like Fred Van Vliet, can end up with 30 minutes played in the game. Pascal can end up with 30 minutes played in the game. And you see guys like Terrence Davis playing 28. Boucher, 25. Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, 22. Malcolm Miller, 14 minutes played, 13 points scored. The concerted effort the Raptors did to not let the Knicks back into the game at the, in the third quarter at all is what allowed the guys like Malcolm Miller to get 14 minutes on the floor. Guys like Shamori Ponce to come in and score their very first baskets. O'Shea Brissett also played as well. So it was really nice that that happened because you get to see the end of bench guys. You get to maintain... The bodies and the workload of Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, things like that. And you get to look after that a bit better than maybe you would have been able to if you let the Knicks climb back into the game. But I think it was a really impressive third quarter for Pascal Siakam. He really turned it on. He was able to push in transition. He did a really good job creating, whether it was for himself or for others. And they were using Marcus All really well in the center of the floor, I thought, whether that was Fred Van Vliet or Pascal Siakam using him as a conduit to connect to other passes on the floor. It just kept happening, and the Raptors were able to create pretty much at will against the Knicks, and that was, it was a really simple game. It's, the Knicks are not a very good team. They're a very bad team when you speed them up. The Knicks are at their best, as I wrote in the Black Box Report, as I wrote in the preview for this game. The Knicks are at their best when the game is really slow in their wins. They're averaging 97.25 pace. Really slow for today's NBA, and the Raptors, they like to speed it up. So once the Raptors finally got out of that first quarter funk where things were slow and finally started generating steals and being able to run out on the break, you saw that their offense really started to hum. Guys like Pascal Siakam were really able to to play really well in that space. OG Ananobi, I thought, did a great job of when he would get a guard on him. He would go into the post, which is something we haven't seen much of because OG Ananobi's control in the post has been lacking. But whether it was attacking the closeout against Joel Embiid in the 76ers, getting Josh Richardson as the uh, guy tagging him, coming over his help side defense, slowing his dribble down, bumping Richardson off, and then doing that step through to the rim for that left-handed layup, that is control for OG Ananobi. We saw that last game. This game, we saw him just dribbling in from the three-point line onto the block to take guys like Frank Nintilakina into the post and had a lot of success there, and that's a really cool development for OG. He also hit triples. He had his first double-double of his career, and that was evidenced by not only the rebounds, but 
his ability to get after the box outs and hunt rebounds when they were playing his own. All very important parts of the game, especially that last part because it helps you close out defensive possessions where the Knicks are trying to really get after it on the offensive glass. The final stretch of the game, honestly, is defined by Chris Boucher, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, and Malcolm Miller, I think. Terrence Davis, of course, was great throughout, which is a really big deal that he's not just killing it at the end of the games. Neither is Chris Boucher or Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, for that matter. Malcolm Miller is the only one who that fits for in this one, but Terrence Davis played really well throughout. It's just he didn't have the crazy numbers towards the end of the game like Chris Boucher did or Malcolm Miller, and Chris Boucher really did a great job of asserting his length over top of the New York Knicks tweeners, guys like Bobby Portis, guys like Julius Randle, Taj Gibson, whomever. He was able to use his length, and his weight didn't seem to matter, and especially when Mitchell Robinson came in and they were matched up. Mitchell Robinson is a really long guy. He's bouncy. He's really athletic in a similar fashion to Chris Boucher as well, it's just he doesn't have the, uh, he doesn't have nearly the outside shot that Boucher has, and Boucher still has, you know, ways to go in that facet as well, but they, they have similar body types. Mitchell Robinson is a little bit heavier, maybe not as long proportionally, and I thought Boucher did really well in that matchup as well. I mean, 13, 12, and 4 in 25 minutes, almost 26 minutes, is a really great night from Boucher, especially when he plays throughout. He didn't just get a crazy amount of numbers in the garbage time he was effective in his second quarter stint and that's that's really meaningful for his development for how the Raptors view him going forward Rondé Haas Jefferson as well I love when they're paired together in the front court obviously it's nice to see that Siakam can fit in with either Boucher or Haas Jefferson that's obviously awesome to see and it's it's great but seeing Haas Jefferson and Boucher play together as a front court is really fun because there's a lot of energy boundless energy and they get after it and they press and they make defenses anxious in different ways than we see from a lot of players and that's it's cool to see that happen and they just they want to get to the rim those two and they want to eat on the offensive glass they want to play good defense they want to hustle and they go out there and they do exactly that it's it's a cool thing to see for sure I am a little bit biased about Malcolm Miller because I am firmly on Miller Island I I think he is 100% an NBA player. I think he's a 3 and D guy. I think that he belongs in the top 10 of a team's rotation somewhere in the NBA. I think he, I'm, I'm a firm believer that Malcolm Miller should end up being like a 12 to 15 minutes in the NBA type of guy. I don't know if I'm wrong. I don't think I am, but that's what I believe. And it was nice to see him come out very aggressive, can four out of five triples, put up 13 points in 14 minutes, and look the part of an absolute sharpshooter. And I noted in my writing, and I'm sure on this podcast as well, that he really did clean up the the mechanics of his jump shot. It's a fast jump shot. It's a really solid base to work from. And his release is, is lightning quick. So if he's able to shoot a really high percentage and his jump shot is that quick, there's no reason he can't sneak into the back end of the league like Wayne Ellington did or Troy Daniels did and become a shooter on a team that needs shooters. And he's also he can defend his position as well. So I really enjoyed seeing that happen because I am a biased um, Malcolm Miller stan. The Reggie Evans Award goes to Chris Boucher, who has boundless energy, and it seems like this award just keeps going back and forth between 
Boucher and Rondé Hollis Jefferson, and there's just nobody else who wants to take this word away because if any of you are familiar with Reggie Evans, his whole ethos seems to be get after it. No matter who's in your way, no matter what's trying to stop you, go eat on the offensive glass, in the open floor, whatever. Just the game deserves your effort. There's this reverence from Reggie Evans for work ethic, especially on the floor. And he he was boundless in what he was able to do. And I think he was averaging 15 boards a game when he was starting for the Raptors. Four points and 15 boards, I think maybe 2010. I can't remember exactly when it was happening, the exact year, but he just gets after it, man. And he, he wasn't a glamorous player at all. And Chris Boucher can certainly have a better career than... Reggie Evans did, and a lot of players who win the Reggie Evans Award can do that too, but I think it's just emblematic of a style of play that Raptors fans appreciate, that Canada appreciates, and Chris Boucher embodied that tonight. He was everywhere on the floor. This was a matchup that was really advantageous for him, and he didn't disappoint. 13 points, 12 rebounds, 4 assists. And in what is probably the funniest thing, the Mitchell Robinson Award, which is given to the villain of the other team and was named after Mitchell Robinson, who played in this game after, I believe it was a March game or late February game, in which he injured Kyle Lowry in a reckless display of awkward limbs flailing and crashing into Kyle Lowry. There was a carelessness to it, and it was the first game that I actually ever did the reaction podcast for and it just spurred, it, it was a spur-of-the-moment idea, but I really liked that award, and it certainly was deserving for him at the time. Deserving again for him in this one, as you could see towards the end of the game, Nick Nurse's bewildered face after they were trying to run the clock out, and Mitchell Robinson elbows Chris Boucher in the chest, then runs up the floor and fouls Terrence Davis, and everyone's looking around like, what the hell is wrong with this guy? Oh, H. John Benjamin, he's waving me down, he wants to comment on this so I guess we'll we'll swing that over to him yeah that guy I think he embodies a lot of what people don't like about sport which is uh unchecked aggression and and I you know me I'm pretty chill guy I kind of like to I'm not super aggressive so I don't like to see that and I don't think anybody else does either and just the game was like I was saying earlier the Raptors were destroying the Knicks so doing that seemed like it was just a lose-lose and uh, no respect for a guy who does that well H. John thank you very much for your input Um, I'm gonna take it to the quick reaction comments before we get out of here but yes Mitchell Robinson definitively winning the Mitchell Robinson award the top quick reaction comment from Sparktron says comes out of late meeting and checks score down 10 to the effing Knicks. Plays with the kids, puts them to bed, and checks score. Up 30. God bless these raps. Yeah, they do seem to have that quality to them. They they have no problem putting the bad teams to bed. It's the reason why, well, and the good teams to bed also, which is very fun. But a very nice thing about this team is that there haven't been really letdown games. There's a reason they've won 33 in a row against their Atlantic Division rivals, or I should say 33 in a row at home against their Atlantic Division rivals, which is an NBA record and which was accomplished tonight as well. But it's because the Atlantic Division did have a lot of ups and downs, whether it was the Knicks, you know, 
taking a dive as a team or the Nets taking a dive as a team. The Celtics have always been frauds, so they can never win in Toronto. And we, everybody knows how it works. And the Philly as well, who, depending on who you talk to, could be seen as fraudulent. But I'm, I'm not here to say whether or not because I picked them to win the NBA championship before the season. So I, I'll reserve that for later, the, the moratorium on whether the 76ers are frauds and how the Raptors stand and who, who's going to end up winning the chip between the two and maybe the Lakers, Clippers, whoever, or the Rockets, whoever's trying to come out of the East and West. But that's a conversation for later on. But yes, Sparktron, I agree with you. These Raptors have a quality about them that makes them so easy to cheer for and so easy to count on. They're truly dependable, and uh, I think that that's one of the best things about this team. And the other thing that is great about them, they are more than dependable in that sometimes they can punch way above their weight and beat the Lakers and beat the 76ers without Kyle Lowry, without Serge Ibaka, and we're just used to this greatness by now. And that's, that's probably a good place to end the podcast. I've said a great many things about the Raptors tonight. I've spoken. So please ignore all of my impressions tonight. But if you like them, shower me in praise. <laughs> and don't hate me too much if you dislike them. Whether you're getting into this in the morning or at night. Whenever, whenever you decide to listen, I hope you enjoy it. I hope you have a blessed day. And goodbye. Support for this episode is brought to you by Mrs. Myers. A delightfully clean home can make for a delightful start to the day. At Mrs. Myers, everything we make is inspired by the garden. With plant-derived ingredients, our cleaning products work like the Dickens, leaving your home sparkly clean and your to-do list tackled in no time. So bring a little bit of the outside inside your four walls and bask in the wonder of a garden from the comfort of home. Mrs. Myers, rooted in goodness. Shop now at MrsMyers.com. Want to hear something amazing? Discover matches all the cash back you earn on your credit card at the end of your first year, automatically, dollar for dollar, with no limit on how much you can earn. Extra cash? Come on, how amazing is that? In fact, it's even more amazing when you realize all the places where Discover is accepted. 99% of places in the U.S. that take credit cards. So when it comes to Discover, get used to hearing yes more often. Learn more at discover.com slash yes. 2020 Nielsen Report limitations apply.